0: Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley.
1: Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, to my way or the highway. Oh, command me, Lord. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts.
0: Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound.
2: I'll
1: have what she's having.
0: You have chosen
2: wisely. It reminds us of all that once was good.
3: And it could be again. Okay. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious You're listening to the 30 Something Movie Podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. Hello and welcome to the 30-something movie podcast. Thank you for joining us once again. We are in week two of our Tom Hanks movie marathon. Um, I don't know, when, when you have two movies, can you call it a marathon?
2: Sure.
3: Or is it, sure. or is it more like a hundred meter dash?
2: It's None of us what? will ever be accused of hundred meter dashing well,
3: that That's also true.
2: Ah, uh, Patrick maybe.
3: Okay. Well, we are week two of our Tom Hanks movie marathon. Uh, last week we did the Burbs, and this week we've got Turner and Hooch. So thank you for joining us. Um, if you have not listened to our podcast before, if you want to go back and listen to the Burbs, that was last week, and feel free to go back and find that on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I but can't we, wait to go back and listen to that one right now. I, right? It was it was amazing. Maybe one of the best ones we've ever done. Well, it's, that, it's,
0: it's a strange movie.
3: Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's quirky.
0: It's so yeah. good.
3: It's definitely Joe Dante.
0: Yes, yes,
2: very Mm -hmm. much so.
3: I think that's the best way to sum it up. Yep. Um, But if you have not listened to our podcast before, the premise of our podcast is that we take whatever year we're currently in and we jump back 30 years. So we are currently in 1989 and all of our movies so far this year have been 1989 movies, movies hitting their 30th anniversary. So that's what we're all about. Uh very quickly, we've got a little bit of new movie news that we want to talk about, but um, just very fast. We do spoil movies we talk about. So if you start to hear us talk about a particular movie title and you don't want to hear anything about it, you may just want to skip ahead a little bit on your podcast listening app or whatever you use. Also, if you want to find more of our episodes, we are on all the different places where you can get your podcasts, but you can also just go to our website, 30podcast.com, and that will give you all of the episodes that we've had in the past, as well as Letterboxed. If you're on the Letterboxed website or app, that's another great way to find all of our past episodes in an easy, nice, visual way of looking at our past episodes there. So um, leave us a review on iTunes as well if you have not done that before. If you're listening, you enjoy the show, leave us a review on iTunes because that lets us know how we are doing, and what you are enjoying. So tonight I have with me um, most of the co-hosts are here tonight, and I think Dennis may be on his way uh, in a little bit uh, if he's able to make it. But uh, I do have with me tonight Jeff. Jeff, how you doing?
0: You know what? I'm doing well. I'm doing, doing well. Right. Yeah. Good.
3: Good. Bo, how are you doing?
0: Just fine. Thank you very much.
3: Excellent. And uh,
1: Patrick? Hey, man. All good.
3: All good? All good in the hood? All right. So, uh, like I said, Dennis may be joining us here in just a little bit, um, but if not, then I'm sure we'll get him back here next time, especially if we happen to bring food. So, uh, he he loves the food. So, very, very quickly, before we jump into talking Turner and Hooch, we have maybe just like one or two things that were on the movie news radar. So, real quick, I think, Jeff, you had mentioned that there's a Sandlot TV show coming out?
0: Yeah, I haven't had much time to... um to research this and see what it's all about. But what I was able to piece together is the director of the movie has an idea for a scripted series. Um, So he wants to reunite the original cast and have the movie take place like 20 some years later. So right in the mid 80s. Um, I'm assuming that this means that the show would revolve around their kids mm-hmm. or so, something to do with their I'm not I'm not quite sure he didn't really again from what I've been able to read he hasn't really let on too much of the idea so I don't know how much of a story there would be about their kids but yeah what yeah. do I know yeah. I don't work in Hollywood
3: true true yeah, that seems kind of interesting. I mean, I know, I, I thought I remember hearing a while back about a like a remake of The Sandlot, um, and but then I guess they there's, decided there's, to go the route of the TV cool. series. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Which, which I haven't seen.
3: I haven't either, so and I don't know that I need to go see it, but so I, I guess this could be interesting. It could be kind of a, you know, if they decide to, we were talking before we started recording, if they decide to take it in almost kind of like a Wonder Years type route, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Would it be? I don't know if they'd think of it as being a comedy, or um, you know, would it be more of like a family drama kind of thing? So I guess there's a couple different ways they could take it.
0: Yeah, I've I have no idea.
3: Oh, okay, all right. Um, I one thing it's not. There's not really any news out. There was a, a photo that was tweeted out a little while ago, but um, I got to say I'm kind of getting ready for some news on Star Wars. Like, I would like to see a trailer very soon.
1: Yeah, when does that come out?
3: It comes out this December.
1: Oh, wait, what? Oh, December. yeah. What month is it now?
3: It's currently March.
1: Oh, so we still have some. Okay. We
3: got some time, yeah. But I typically in the past, they've put a trailer out about a year or so before the movie comes out.
0: I'm, I'm looking up right now because I remember something about... Um new guidelines being in place for movie trailers and that you had to wait a certain amount of months before the movie came out before you could release a trailer mm-hmm. and it had to be within a certain um a certain time frame
3: okay
2: the enforcement of that be-
0: the you mpaA
3: just get, you just get fined if you bring it out yeah, too early I, get,
0: I guess interesting
3: hmm.
1: that, that is very interesting. I don't know exactly what you find interesting, Bo, but I too find that interesting that that's kind of a law or a rule. or a- Yeah, like what
2: – and I get, yeah, they fine you, but what's the reasoning? I don't know. There's so well, much to unpack so, there. I don't even
0: know where to start. From what I remember, unless I'm totally making this up, and I don't think I am, it had to do with um, oversaturation before movie came out and movie trailers – because they were starting to get longer and longer, just giving too much away in the trailer. So it was a way that they were trying to cut back on uh, movie audiences being almost fatigued by a movie before it's even out, and trying to keep their interest by not having uh, too much of the movie revealed before uh, before it's out.
3: You mean you mean movies shouldn't give you a six minute preview during halftime of the Super Bowl?
0: Probably not.
3: No. Okay.
1: So this is going to show my ignorance. One no. of the well, the MPAA is that made up of the movie houses, the movie studios, or is that like a separate governing body?
0: That is a very good question.
1: Because I, I, I just find that interesting that they're the ones. I think it. it's them. Okay, so I could see that, like, if they're all like getting together and just saying, "Okay, well." The majority of us want you know we don't want the you know the one guy to go out there and be like you know making all these pre- you know we kind of where we go one we go all so like you know like that kind of thing but i i just find it i just find this whole thing interesting
3: yeah the so you're, you're asking who the um who the mpaa is
1: yeah is it is it the movie studios kind of the de facto movie studios saying okay we're all agreeing to limit trailers or is it like a separate governing body that somehow has the power to find the theater the studios mm-hmm. make this call?
3: yeah it I believe that it is a it's kind of a mixture of the major movie studios um, and it is I'm trying to remember if they have kind of a mixture of a like a parent committee for the ratings system things like that um, and actually here, I, I popped up their website real quick cause I knew it would have a quick uh, description of it. Uh, it says the history of the MPAA is in 1922, motion picture studios formed the organization now known as the Motion Picture Association of America to protect and support the nascent film industry. Um, Since that time, the MPAA has served as the voice and advocate of the film and television industry around the world, advancing the business and art of storytelling, protecting the creative and artistic freedoms of storytellers, and bringing entertainment and inspiration to audiences worldwide. And when you look on their website, um, they list their, uh, their members as being Disney, Netflix, Paramount, Sony, 20th Century Fox, Universal, and Warner Brothers. But I know for the rating system, they do have kind of a panel or a committee of I believe I remember reading this at one point in time that um, they have like parents and they might even have some students or, or or people of different ages that kind of help determine what the rating system is based on their criteria. But yeah, those are the studios that are members of the MPAA.
0: Have you ever seen the? Uh, do- it was a documentary called "This Film Is Not Yet Rated." No, and it kind of tried to like dive into the. Workings of the MPAA, which is very much like Ooh. a secret society. Yeah, it was just—it was really fascinating.
3: Do they wear like red robes and
0: nobody knows? Like,
3: chant, like Satan is our pal.
0: <laughs> from what I re- from what I remember <laughs> in the documentary, like there was somebody like sitting in a car outside of the building, trying to get pictures of whoever goes in and out, trying really? to determine like who all is part of the MPAA.
3: So it's like the Bourne Identity, just with movies and people that don't kill each other.
2: I find that very amusing. Hmm. That's kind of cool.
3: Now i got to go see that now. What's, what's it called? You said it's called This Movie's Not Yet Rated? I,
0: I think it's called This Movie's Not Yet Rated.
3: Okay. I stumbled
0: okay. across it on Netflix years ago.
3: Okay. We'll have to take a look for it. All right. Well, I don't know that we have any other uh, movie news at this point. I, I just wanted to make the comment about Star Wars because we're getting close, and I know we're like – next month is uh, the time of us recording this next month is star Wars celebration. And I know sometimes they will make different announcements there and I'm actually going to be there this year since it's in Chicago. So I'm kind of hoping they make an announcement while I'm there. Cause that would be really fun. Um, but that is coming up soon. So my thought is if they haven't released a trailer yet for Christmas time or the super bowl or anything like that, then I, I kind of figure that if uh star Wars celebration is happening in April, the year before the last of the numbered Star Wars movies comes out, at least for now, uh, I'm assuming um, that maybe we'd get some some kind of an announcement at Celebration. So that would be very cool.
0: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Are you going to Celebration?
3: I am. I am. I'm going, uh, I think I'm going on the Friday. I think that was the only day when I was kind of looking at everything that was the day I could afford. Um, cause the, the Star Wars celebration tickets are definitely much more than C2E2 tickets. Um, one day at celebration would be, cause as an educator, um, we get a discount on the C2E2 tickets. So I can go to C2E2 for the entire weekend for $35. One day of celebration, I think was 90. Oh, okay. good. So, so I'm going, I don't have any money to get anybody's autograph, but I will be there and I will see things and I'm sure there'll be other stuff that I might purchase or take pictures of or whatever. But that was the one thing I always said that if celebration ever got anywhere close to Chicago again, cause it was in Indi- in Indianapolis, I think in 2003, 2004. And at the time I just, I didn't go cause I probably didn't have any money. I was in college and, um, I always said that if it ever gets anywhere close to Chicago and if I ever get the opportunity to go somewhere where Mark Hamill is going to be, like, I don't need a lot of celebrity autographs. I'm not necessarily interested. I never got Stan Lee's autograph when he came to C2E2, never did any of those. But I always said, you know what, Mark Hamill, if I get a chance, I'm going to go get his. And then I looked up what his autograph costs Hmm. and I'm not doing it. It was something like, I think it was last year's prices at some show he was at. It was like $275. Wow. Yeah. So I will, I'll, I'll take the two tweets that I've tweeted that Mark Hamill has retweeted and I'll frame those and I'll just think of those as being an autograph.
0: There you go. It's pretty much the same thing.
3: It's the same thing. So. Okay, before we go any further, we need to talk about This Week in 89. So we're looking at March 13th through 19th, 1989. On March 13th, Tim Berners-Lee inter- produces the proposal document that becomes the blueprint for the World Wide Web. On March 17th, Merritt Butrick, the American actor who was in Star Trek 2 II and who uh, played David. He died uh, on March 17th, 1989. The top book was Star by Danielle Steele. The top movie was Lean on Me, directed by John G. Avildsen, starring Robert Guillaume and Morgan Freeman, the top song was Lost in Your Eyes by Debbie Gibson. All right. Well, I think at this point we're going to jump on into Turner and Hooch. So uh, are we ready to talk about dogs? Let's do it. Let's do it. Turner and Hooch was released on the 28th of July, 1989, rated PG, with a runtime of one hour, 37 minutes, directed by Roger Spottiswood, who did 48 Hours and The Sixth Day, and I'm assuming a bunch of other movies that have numbers in them, produced by Raymond Wagner, who died in 2014. He did Code of Silence and Rent-A-Cop. Writers on this one, a bunch of writers. Uh, Dennis Shriak did the story and screenplay, died in 2016. Uh, He also did Pale Writer. Michael Blodgett did the story and screenplay, died in 2007, also did a movie called Rent-A-Cop. Daniel Petrie Jr. did the screenplay, he did Beverly Hills Cop. Jim Cash did the screenplay, he also died in 2007. Uh, Cash also wrote Top Gun. Jack Epps Jr. also did screenplay, and he did Dick Tracy. Cinematography by Adam Greenberg, who did Terminator, T2, and Ghost. Music by Charles Gross, who did Air America. Budget on this one was 21 million. Box office, 71.1 million. And in terms of reviews, we've got the Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 54%. Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it a 51%. IMDb gives it a 61%. Letterboxd, a 58%. And CinemaScore, an A minus. Starring Tom Hanks as Scott Turner, he was in Big and Forrest Gump. Mare Winningham as Emily Carson, she was in Philomena and St. Elmo's Fire. Craig T. Nelson was Chief Hyde, he was in The Incredibles and Poltergeist. Reginald Vell Johnson was David Sutton, he was in Die Hard and Family Matters. Scott Paulin was Zach Gregory. He was in Teen Wolf and The Right Stuff. J.C. Quinn, who died in 2004, was Walter Boyette. He was in The Abyss and The Prophecy. And John McIntyre, died in 1991, was Amos Reed. He was in the 1960s Psycho and The Rescuers cartoon. Here's the trailer. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: From Touchstone Pictures, Scott Turner led a neat and orderly
3: life. Then he inherited Hooch. No,
0: stop!
3: Now his orderly life has become a disaster.
2: What are you doing to this dog? I'll just tell him for a walk.
3: Tom Hanks is Turner. Oh, that's it.
1: I'm getting my gun.
3: And his new roommate is Hooch. Don't hit
1: the car. got the car.
3: Turner and Hooch. We've known each other for a while now. Are you aware of, of your drooling problem? Rated PG. All right, so for this movie, uh, is this one that you guys saw when it first came out, or is this something that you came to a little bit later?
2: I don't know if we saw it in the theater, but I'm pretty sure we rented it soon after it came out. I remember seeing it as a kid. It was a dog. How can you go wrong?
1: Yeah, this is one I remember seeing with the family. Again, I I, I don't recall theater or home or whatever, but I remember watching it with my family and talking about it with my family and reactions. So, yeah. This was a family
0: one. Yeah, I don't remember when I first saw it. I know it wasn't in the theater, but probably caught it on cable or rented it.
3: So, what are kind of the like overall before we before we dive into the movie itself? Overall, kind of what what are first impressions of this movie? Is this something that is it something you've watched regularly? Is this like regular viewing for you over the years, or is this something that yeah I saw it a couple times and I really only watched it recently for the podcast. Um, what are kind of your first impressions of this movie, I guess?
2: It's one that you can kind of stumble upon on cable and channel surfing and, oh, okay, I'll stop here. There's nothing else on. I'm going to go ahead and watch it. It's not one I seek out on a regular basis, mm-hmm. but it's fun.
1: Yeah, I I agree with what Bo's saying. I mean, it, it, it is a fun movie. Um, Boy, I don't know. I can't think of many other, you know, man-dog movies before this one, Um. And I think we talked... Didn't K-9 come out this year? 89? Yeah,
3: I, 80. I believe so, yeah.
1: Yeah, because I just remember there were two of them that came out. One had Jim Belushi just growing up. and But I, before this, I don't remember, like, the, the man-dog-buddy movie. And, um, yeah, I think it's fun. It's fun to see, you know, his interaction with the dog. I don't see it regularly. Um, I don't watch it, like, all the time. In fact, I... I maybe have only seen it like maybe a handful of times, and but I've remembered every single part of it. So it seems like it was one that I've seen a bunch, but I don't know if it's just because I saw it once and it stuck with me, or if I've seen it a lot while I was growing up? Um, but I, I I remember every little part of it. So
0: I don't necessarily know that I seek it out, but if, when I see it, like if I see it on Netflix, I'll add it to my queue and make sure I I, I try to watch it. Um, so I guess that's kind of seeking it out, but I don't think that I've ever sat there and thought, boy, you know what movie I could really go to watch right now? Turner <laughs> and Hooch. So I, now somewhere in the middle of not hunting for it, but trying to watch it when I know it's available.
3: Yeah. Yeah. This was one I, <clears throat> I don't recall if we saw it in the theater growing up. Um, I do know that we saw this a lot uh at home. You know, I don't know if we taped a copy off of TV. I, I feel like we had a copy of this movie. I think it's probably one of those that we we recorded off of TV, uh, and just had had a copy that we'd throw in regularly. But I remember watching this several times growing up. Like not as a not as like a, a once a year we gotta put on Turner and Hooch kind of a thing, but I just remember several times watching this and um you know especially with when my my sister and i were little um this would be one every once in a while we'd pop in as part of our rotation of movies um you know the ones i remember watching regularly would be like turner and hooch uh muppets take manhattan um labyrinth obviously star wars all the time but it was it was in the rotation i mean it definitely is it definitely was not and i wouldn't say isn't like a top movie of all time. It doesn't rank up there with me for the the rest of those I just listed, but it was one. I remember as a kid, we, we would put on regularly and we watch with the family, Mm -hmm. which um, I wasn't sure. I I did look up real quick on uh, like common sense media, kind of what rating they would give this movie. I know it's a PG, but it's also an eighties PG, which is a little different. And uh, I did actually show this movie to the kids. So the entire family, we watched this one and, um, I, for the most part, it was fine. Like the kids, the kids thought it was hilarious. Um, the kids loved it, though they loved the part where Hooch is tearing up his apartment, uh, tearing up his house, and you know, it, everything was pretty good up until the end. And right. then, and then you get to the end, and you know, especially you know, kind of the what the part that Nora reacted to was a lot of the uh, shootout stuff. And especially when you do see, you know, any, any time in the movie that, you know, somebody got stabbed or anything like that. So if anybody's listening to this and they're thinking of watching it with their kids, just kind of be aware of that is that there is, you do see people get stabbed. You do see people get shot. It's not overly gory. You don't see a lot of blood, but there is one point at the end of the movie, towards the end of the movie where we've already said that we'll spoil things where Hooch gets shot and you actually see a little bit of a wound explosion. Um. you know, coming out of coming out of his body. So that part, you know, she kind of curled up real fast and and didn't want to look at the TV for a minute. Um, so that I think looks. I mean, it looks like a, a cute, fun movie with a, a cop and a dog. And um, that I would I would definitely caution if you've got kids that are going to react strongly to something like that. Just be aware that that does happen, and
1: you know, it was it was intense. And I I mean I remember it. And I think that's why I don't see it seek it out that much because honestly i i we already put the spoiler thing out there right yeah okay i i just it's just sad what happens to hooch i mean i just right. be honest like that is a hard thing for me to get past and so it's like okay i'm gonna watch turn hooch okay i i can do this i can do this i remember how it ends you know and, and 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 that and you know it's interesting because it is it does it it does get serious in a hurry but it doesn't seem, for me, it doesn't seem like it's out of place. You know, it's like, it, it doesn't seem like a, a tale of two movies. You know, where, wait, what happened? This was a lighthearted, you know, somewhat comedy. Why is it all of a sudden, like, super dark? It's like, no, these these are bad guys, and this is what happened. I mean, it, it's, it. I don't know, did anyone else bump up against that, where it felt like it? the movie seemed... Like a, a you know two different things, or did it kind of fit together nicely between the lighter elements and the darker elements?
0: I thought it it was balanced pretty well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, it it definitely has some adult. I don't want to say adult sections, but it has some heavier stuff than a than most movies starring a dog. Yeah.
3: It, it, it does have some adult situations, but
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: Did you have to also explain also to the kids what humping the vet was?
3: No. <laughs> well, that's good. I just, I also I just chose you. to let that go.
1: Yeah. Is that guy play a police officer in every single movie? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I,
3: I think so.
0: Carl <laughs> so. Winslow. Kyle
1: Winslow? <laughs> I don't, but it's like everything, it's diehard. It's uh, not, what was the show he was on? Family, Family Matters. matters. Yeah. Family Matters. Family Matters, Die Hard, This. It's all, he's always a cop. Mm-hmm.
2: so There's, there's some yeah, fan yeah. theory somewhere that draws a line between all his police roles. Yeah. I haven't seen it, and I don't know if it's really out there, but I got a yeah. hunch it's out there somewhere.
3: Is it, that it's always the same character? Yep. No. <laughs> So we so we've talked about we kind of jumped to the end of the movie here. One thing that I thought was kind of interesting, and I had not read this before, is that um, they did actually do two different endings to the movie, and they screened two different endings to the movie at the same time. And they said that in in, in an interview that Tom Hanks did, I, I want to say just maybe ten or fifteen years ago, um, he said that he thinks it's a mistake that Hooch was killed in the end. I think so too. That, that he actually lobbied for that at the time. He's like, yeah, we should, you know, the dog should die. And now he's like, now nah, I kind of wish I hadn't done that because I feel like it would be a much more successful, much better movie if he didn't die. But then I read what they what they did was they screened this to the different audiences and both of the audiences, whether Hooch lived or whether Hooch died, they both gave the same feedback that it, it affected them. This, like if they gave their if they gave their reaction a number, they gave the exact same number, but they said that when they screened this and they they interviewed the audience, the audience where Hooch died, people had a much stronger reaction. They, they both said, you know, I, I enjoy the movie and I give the movie this score. And they both had the exact same numbers, but they apparently the audience where Hooch died, they were much more passionate about kind of their response to the movie. And so they said, well, we we get kind of a, the movie is great. Um, here's its score. Yeah, we love it from this side where he lives, but the side where he dies, it's like, well, he died, but there's puppies at the end, and he was a hero, and and well, I give it this score, and it's a great movie. And so, what I, what I guess would be your take on this? Would you? What's your take on on Hooch dying at the end? Like, would you have gone back and changed that given the chance, or does it work just fine as it is? I'm not
1: sure it would be the right call for the movie, but I'd probably change it. My question would be, why? why did tom hanks want uh hooch to uh, get it in the end and then why did he want to change it back like what was his motive? like i'm just curious what what the motivation would be
3: yeah i I don't know if at the time i don't know if he was part of those discussions when they had the the uh, audiences uh polled for what they thought of it all i don't know if at the time he just felt like well we got a stronger reaction out of the the people who when he died so let's go with that one because it it gets a stronger reaction and and maybe that gets us a a stronger box office or you know maybe people like this movie more because they even though it's sad there is you know it's redeemed at the end because there's a puppy and um so that might have been i in what i saw he didn't uh it it didn't have him going into detail as to why
1: yeah see because originally i thought of this as oh well it's turner and pooch Pooch is Turner's dog, and they fit together, and the sad, and all that. Watching it this time, it was kind of like I knew what was coming at the end, so maybe that affected my judgment. But it almost, to me, added a symmetry to it, because now the dog is back um, with its owner. He was always uh, Milo. What was the dog? Now I'm thinking of the dog. What was the guy's name? Amos. Amos. Yeah. That's another dog movie. Anyway, Amos Amos gets it.
3: You were close. Isn't that Milo and Otis?
1: It's my little yes, yeah. Yeah. But like that, like this time when I saw it, I'm like, wow, I don't remember feeling this before. But now, you know, Amos dies, and Booch always kind of had the sadness because of that. And it was like he was, it was never like he was really, truly Tom Hanks's dog in it. They were buddies, but it was like he, he was always trying to, you know, he had this mission, he had this thing he had to accomplish. And, um, you know, he was not able to save his master, but he was able to save um, Tom Hanks. And so, like I said, to me, it just kind of added a little bit of a symmetry. Now, whether that was by design or by accident, I'm not sure. And that's why I'm wondering what Tom Hanks' thoughts were on, on switching it. But I, you know, I never want to see it, it, you know, any of the main characters, animal or human or otherwise, get killed. And I'm I'm like the happy ending guy. But I think it it, I don't know, it just made it a very tragic, but very... I don't know, kind of a, a, a full circle movie.
3: Yeah.
0: I think there's something about um, the the way that Hooch changed Tom Hanks's character. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, he was very type A. And um, I think being with Hooch, he had to learn to let go. So by the time you see at the end of the movie, you know, the the best tribute he could give to Hooch was to you know, raise a whole family of dogs. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't necessarily know that I would change the ending. I don't, I don't know that I would have Hooch live. Um, I mean, I think that would be a little bit too on the nose for, you know, or, or too predictable of an ending. You know, I kind of like that they 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 took the other side of it, and um, you know, they almost had to learn to trust each other. Hooch had to to learn to trust Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks had to learn to trust Hooch, right? So I think that the ultimate act of the trust was that, um, you know, Hooch fell on his uh, fell on the sword for. Turner yeah so the you know how do you repay that well then you you raise another family of dogs
1: mm-hmm.
3: Well I do like that you know as you said he, he starts off very type A and you know starts to transform over the course of the movie and i you know you got the one part he goes in the office and he's like there's something different about you you're not wearing a tie I've never seen you not wear a tie before. Mm-hmm. and how he kind of quickly makes that transition from, you know, now he's got this dog and, and things have changed very fast. It, it kind of reminded me, and, and I, I won't mention his name. He, I doubt he's listening, but um, one of our coworkers was very funny about, uh, you know, he, he'd always get to work really early at school and never understood why all these people with kids, um, you know, couldn't get there to work early and everybody looks tired. And, and uh, he was really funny about it because then he got a dog and I don't know if, if if some of you guys remember this. He got a dog, and and the first I want to say like the first Monday after he got this dog, he comes in and he comes in much later than he normally would. He doesn't look like he's shaved. He you know his hair is a mess. He looks tired. And he's like, oh man, I, I I totally understand now. I'm like, well, um, I don't know if you totally understand, but at least maybe you have a better sense now of why people with children or dogs or other pets maybe deal with a little bit of stress and show up to work, not quite as early as you do.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: But yeah, I love that whole scene of him going to the grocery store when he's having to buy everything and he has no idea what to buy. Um, any of those other times where you've got, you know, if it's a movie where a, and I'm, I'm blanking out on, on what they would be off the top of my head, but you know, movies where like, a uh, somebody has to, Adopt a kid when they weren't expecting to, and they're like going to the store. And like, well, what do kids need? And and what is this? And and you know, just that kind of that whole situation of not knowing. And they're looking at all these like little canned dog foods. And they're like, "What kind of dog do you have?" He's like, "Big, big dog." And he just grabs this massive bag of dog food and throws oh This is what you need. Then don't mess with this other stuff over here. um And we did look it up. I, I was curious because uh, what is it like ninety seven dollars and fifty one cents is what it cost him. Yeah, I think, and,
1: away, uh, I think he got away pretty cheap. Maybe there's a
3: little yeah. inflation there. but uh, In today's money, it would be about 200 and some dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we were curious, so we did look it up. But do you guys have a favorite scene in the movie? Like in terms of, I asked the kids this, I said what their favorite scene in the movie was. Um, so they, they gave me their answers. So I'm just curious. Is there a favorite scene in this movie or a favorite line or, or what stands out for you?
1: Well, I'm I'm gonna jump right in because I remember this was my favorite scene as a kid. I like it when he gets in and the guy makes him drive the car, and he's like seatbelt, and the guy laughs. Do you think going to keep you safe? And I'm 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 a pretty notorious put your seatbelt on in my car type person, um, but I like it when he just takes off and drives right into the wall and throws the guy through the windshield. I I thought that was cool when I saw this movie and I was I don't know how many years old. Uh, I, I I think it's, and I remembered that scene. And it was like, as they were getting to it, I'm like, oh, yes, this is the scene. And I remember like, I remember getting kind of confused by my parents when I, I think I actually cheered the first time I saw the movie. I'm like, nice. But yeah, that was my favorite scene, hands down, is when he pushed the guy through the windshield. I thought that was pretty cool. Nice.
0: I like when uh, when he's trying to just, oh, well, a couple scenes. One is when he's trying to get to know Hooch, uh, when they're doing the stakeout. And it's just sort of having a conversation with them, you know, it's talking about like the drool issue. Mm-hmm. And, um, But the other part of that I really like is when he does the tour of the house with him and he just said, this is not your room. Yes, this is not your room. Mm-hmm.
3: There will be no howling, no sniffing of crotches. No, you know, that whole. Yeah, yeah. all of his rules. And I, and I like how he's, le- that's how the movie ends with him listing off the rules. Okay, I've told you before, and listing him off for Hooch Jr. or whatever his name is. Yeah.
1: And I, I tell you, I like that scene when he's on the stakeout because, and I'm not saying anything against contemporary movies that use the CGI with animals because I think what they do, like with uh, Planet of the Apes, is, is awesome enough. But how cool is it that really, like, when he's going off, Hooch seems to be like reacting to him? And I think I'm sure they probably have someone right off camera somehow getting the reaction from the dog. But I think it's just the way they film the dog. Um, but it seems like Hooch is like, oh, God, this guy's going on. Oh, man. You know, like, it, it, I don't know. You, it, Hooch, you can see kind of you're imagining what's going on in his head. And I'm sorry, Jeff, but that scene was another one I really like, that stakeout. Tom Hanks on the uh, what was the one where Lost? Not Lost. What's the thing where you that guy and he ends up on the... Um, island with oh castaway you know anybody that hasn't seen castaway here's your five seconds to mute but when he's sitting there with his with wilson and i mean that that's just a like a a, a ball and he's he has these all these conversations and all that so I, I mean maybe every actor can do this and i just am ignorant of it it's entirely possible but tom hanks seems to really be able to pull a lot out of a scene when he you know talking to an animal or talking to an inanimate object or you know, it really—I don't know—I kind of drew a weird tail when I saw that stakeout scene.
0: Yeah, he—he he does, I and mean, it's—it's a really—I think it's—it's it's a specialized gift that he has, or a specialized talent that he has to be able to conduct a one-sided conversation so convincingly. Yeah, I—I yeah. don't—I don't think every actor has that in uh, as as one of their skills. No, yeah, but it's something that he does really well. It's like he just he has an understanding of of the concept. He knows or he understands what the scene is supposed to look like, how that scene fits into the bigger picture. So he really gets a lot of the smaller details and and the reactions and the responses to whatever it is that he's trying to have a conversation with.
1: You know what? And it's it's like, think about Forrest Gump. I mean, sure he's sitting there talking to a person on the park bench, but for half the time, if I remember right, he's just sitting there talking. It's not like the, the you know the other person will give him a look or maybe say a line or two but it's just kind of him talking um, mm-hmm. yeah but no i i really dug that stakeout scene i thought that that was cool
3: i do too I, I like all the moments where he's having one-on-one conversations with hooch just as if he's a human and, and... And at one point he's having a conversation with it. And at one point he says something. He's like, what? you, and he's telling him something. It's like, you had to see that. Oh, you can't see two dimensionally. I forgot about that. Um,
2: <laughs> he's telling him about. Um, oh, oh it, was the yeah. it, was, it was a TV
3: show. Oh, yeah. The TV show.
2: Oh, chimpanzee eighties. Um...
3: Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. I can't think of what it was either, oh,
2: my but gosh. I know. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's the part. No, it'll come to you.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I have to look it up now because yeah, Lancelot Link. What's that? Lancelot Link, secret chimp.
3: Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that, and I think, but I think my favorite scene in the movie might be the scene where, as he's out at the grocery store buying the stuff, Hooch is just destroying the the house. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and definitely as a kid, that was my absolute favorite scene in the movie.
0: When we when we got our cats, we I have I had like the exact same moment. Um, that he did because the day that they were being dropped off at our house, we got them through a, uh, a friend of ours, our, one of our friend's sisters had to give up her cats. So we mm-hmm. took them in and like the day came that they were coming and we realized like we had nothing, like we had no cat food. We had no mm-hmm. litter box. We had no toys. We had nothing. So I was just like, well, I, I'm going to go to, uh, go to the pet store and start getting stuff. And I remember the, the girl at the store, like asking me questions, you know, what kind of cats are they? I was like, um, black and white. <laughs> <laughs> like what, what do they like to eat? I, I Food. don't know. Food. <laughs> how how I'm thinking, often I'm thinking they eat. How, how often do they go to the bathroom? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> like I had, I was so ill prepared and yeah. ended up spending so much money on toys and and uh, on food and litter boxes and litter and all sorts of things. I didn't know what we needed, so I just got a little bit of everything until we uh, until we finally settled in with it and we kind of figured out like, okay, so all this over here, this 50 bucks I spent really wasn't necessary at all.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But I, I can definitely relate to that part of the movie. And you know, really, if you think back, to, it you know it's the same thing with three men and a baby, when Tom Selleck goes to the right. school to buy baby stuff. Yes. Like how well you know how big is your baby? Uh, about this big.
3: That's actually that's what I was blanking out on. Three men and a baby when he goes to the grocery store and he's looking for the baby food and the, yeah that's that's exactly what that scene made me think of.
0: Yeah. You know, same sort of like I I'm way out of my element here. I don't mm-hmm. know, so I'm just going to take one of these, some of these, a little bit of this. What's my total? Two hundred dollars?
3: Ah, well. <laughs> yeah. Seems reasonable.
0: Yeah, and and really like any of those situations, what what do you know to compare it to? Right. Like you know, if never having had a, a, a pet before, I had no idea. Like, is this a lot? Am I spending too much? It's two cats. Maybe not. Maybe I should be spending more since it's two of them. Yeah. I don't know. I have. And no now point you
2: know in. how many years later you probably didn't spend enough. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, yeah, and it's it's one of those scenes, whether it's a baby or a pet or something, anybody can relate to that. And it, it really, I think, humanizes um, the, the people on screen. It gives it that little shot of realism, you know, um, or maybe a big shot of realism when you see people going through that, because you can all relate on one level or another. You can relate to someone in that situation, you know.
3: Yeah. Um did, did they get everybody's favorite scene? Did everybody get a chance to mention one? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. All, All right. right. Well,
2: what
1: was yours? I'm sorry.
2: Um well, it was the same as um it was whether he's walking around telling him don't uh, the tour around the house. They tour around the house.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean that's that's just classic. I guess if I had to pick a different one, um I think it's the first scene with Hooch, and not so much because of Hooch or Tom Hanks, but because of uh, Reginald Vell Johnson in the background of that whole sequence.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> he's killing me. Like, he does the whole... The, the funniest part about him is he's all reaction shot the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. hysterical. And he and he's always there to remind you about the fact that Hooch pinned him by the throat. He brings it up again an hour later.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I You know, I really... I really like that the movie is about Turner and Hooch and the police investigation and the case that they're working on is it's really the B story.
2: It's all secondary.
0: Yeah. It's this movie is about the effect of this dog on this man and really the effect of the man on the dog as well. And and the understanding and and like I said, the, the trust that they end up building for each other and how good they were for you know for each other they both needed each other to you know mellow themselves out and and bring themselves down from from their high intensity lifestyles
1: yeah and good on tom hanks for being like the everyman like you know sure he was a police officer there was a shootout there was they were wrestling for the gun they were but it wasn't like you know an Arnold Schwarzenegger fight where there's a couple quippy lines and you know what's going to happen or you know he, he did have flaws he did have to grow as a person but it wasn't like he suddenly you know was he still had his okay these are your rooms these are my rooms thing at the end of the movie um i i, I just think it was refreshing to watch a movie that did have some action elements with it even his comedy you know and his physical comedy it was something you could relate to. No slight against him, but if you look at like canine with Jim Belushi, Jim Belushi going to always seem like a comedian. That's like okay, he's he's going for that humor angle. Whereas Tom Hanks, it just the comedy works because you can imagine that as something you'd be going through. Sort of like Steve Martin with Father of the Bride. The mm-hmm. act, okay, the wrestling for the gun, the fights, the all that. Okay, you've gone through that. Have you ever investigated a murder before? No, I haven't. Okay, well, everyone's watching. Let's look like we know what we're doing. (laughs) Let's not screw this up. (laughs) Yeah, everybody has felt that in their job. I mean, you know, I just just really, I don't know. I was taken, and maybe because it's been so long since I've seen it, like just, I, I really enjoy watching Tom Hanks, the young Tom Hanks, and seeing these roles and seeing him in this role, I thought was pretty slick.
0: You know, to to get back to the, uh, you know, would you change the ending or not? I was just thinking about canine and I'm glad that that hoot, this is going to sound awful. I'm glad that hooch didn't live because then it would have been exactly the same as canine. True. Because right. if I remember correctly, the dog and canine lit, Jim Belushi thought that the dog had died or was dying. And then the, the vet was like, what are you doing in the recovery room? Mm-hmm. And the dog, and you know, dog ended up living. So I'm glad that that it wasn't just a copycat. I don't know which one came out first, but I'm glad they didn't copy each other completely. Right.
3: Yeah. Uh, K9 came out at the end of April, 1989, and this one came out in July. So K9 came first. Okay. Just by a couple months.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they went there with, um, Turner and Hooch. I'm glad they took that risk.
3: Now, one of the things that I did read that I thought was kind of interesting, um, was apparently Henry Winkler, the Fonz was directing this movie, um, to begin with, and he was on the job for about two weeks. And apparently he, and I think it was he and Tom Hanks, they, they say that it was the Disney executives. Um, did not care for his working style um but in some of the other stuff that i've read it almost makes it sound like he and tom hanks clashed quite a bit as well uh so i guess henry winkler only spent two weeks on this movie and then he was fired
2: Hmm. so
3: so i i don't know how this movie would be different obviously I, i looked up to see he really didn't direct too many uh, motion pictures. He did several TV movies. He's done some episodes of TV shows. The only movies uh, that I could find on his IMDb page that he had done was a movie called Memories of Me, starring Billy Crystal and Cop and a Half with, um, is that Burt Reynolds? Yeah. So, another cop movie, but I don't know that his movies are very highly rated, so I don't know what very
2: that was thinking of those two not being able to get along. Yeah. it's an interesting pairing to have a fight.
3: You'd think Tom Hanks would get along with everybody, and you'd think the Fonz would get along with everybody, but apparently in real life, maybe not so much. He asks each traveler
1: five questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer.
0: Nobody could answer that question.
1: You've got to ask yourself one question.
0: What
2: are you asking me for? I don't know.
1: What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point... In your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy
3: on your soul. Five questions. I was trying to come up with some five questions for this movie, and so a couple of our questions may not necessarily be related to the movie at all. It may have the word dog in the question, but... Mm -hmm. Like As I always say, our five questions are maybe sometimes loosely related to the movie that we're talking about. So uh, to start us off, question number one, what is your favorite 80s Tom Hanks movie? And then after I wrote that question and sent it to you, I realized I could have also put in TV show as well. So what's your favorite 80s Tom Hanks role? Let's do it that way.
2: Pep Strebeck, Dragnet.
1: Okay. I'll say big.
0: Uh, there, that's my answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um I think I'm gonna have to go with big as well. Although money pit is great. So yeah. good.
3: There's um, <laughs> a um
0: burbs was great. This movie was great. The man with one red shoe. I don't uh you know what no, I'm gonna go with big. Big is my answer. Okay. Lock it in.
3: Final answer. Final answer. Um, I you know what for me, I think it's also big. Um, I, I did go a little bit back, to all the ones that you listed, Money Pit, um, you know, Turner and Hooch, all those, those are up there as well. Um, the only time, the only one that I would have maybe also listed was I remember as a kid watching a bunch of reruns of Bosom Buddies. Uh, it mm-hmm. just I thought that show was hilarious. So that one, I, I almost thought about that one. I'm like, No, let, let's go, let's go full on movies and, and let's go, um, let's go big. So yeah, that's definitely mine too. I did look up real quick on his IMDb page. He was on an episode of happy days. So he, apparently they worked together at some other point too. So,
2: Hmm. Maybe there was some bad blood from Happy Days.
3: Could be. There's something left over from the 1982 episode that he was in that lasted a full seven years before they... Yeah. They so. All right. Uh, number two, if you were going to get a dog, because I don't think anybody, none of us listening, or none of us talking right now um, own dogs. If you were going to get a dog, what kind would you get? Or And, and maybe did you ever have, have one growing up?
2: We had a big old German Shepherd growing up. Okay. And he was the best. But I have to admit, I'm a sucker for that French bulldog face. Okay. So I think if I was going looking for a dog, I would probably end up with a French bulldog, but, or an English bulldog. But any dog I end up with, I'm not going to go shopping for. It's going to be a fluke. So, sure. There you go
3: somebody dies and you have to take it on and
2: yeah, I, it's I, part I mean, of a murder I mean, investigation. As much, and... Right. As much as I loved our dog when I was younger and there's, vi- you know, visual proof of that. I am not a dog person. Mm-hmm. Something about picking up the poop. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. I gotta be honest.
0: Mm-hmm. I never had a dog, but I always wanted a dachshund. Oh, okay, they just seem like so much fun.
3: I heard you have to squeeze them really, yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's kind of gross.
2: I'm, are you uh-huh. yeah, I'm okay? So, yes, you are saying what I think you're saying,
3: yeah, yeah. I think, I think like stuff can get stopped up inside of them because they're long little bodies. And I,
2: oh, for I god's believe, sake. I
3: believe from a relative that had one one time, I, I believe occasionally they need to be squeezed.
2: You know what? that I've is got, inappropriate. I've
0: I, <laughs> I've got some friends that uh that have a dachshund. and I'll have to ask them.
3: Okay, ask them and see. Uh, maybe that's just a weird relative relative that I had, but I feel like that's something I've heard before. Wow.
1: There are some there are some breeds where you do need to help, you know, get yeah. Yeah. Wowza.
3: Yeah, that's what I thought I remembered, but I I could be wrong, or maybe they just do weird things to their dog.
2: <clears throat> All right then.
1: Yeah.
3: Pat, what about you?
1: Uh, Well, we had dogs growing up. Um, My mom had dogs growing up, my dad, you know, we did. I mean, they had a dog before I was born. Um, We, My gosh, my uh, in-laws all have dogs. Um, My folks had a dog, my sister, So there've been dogs in and out of the family. We never got one just because right now our lifestyle just doesn't support it. And partly just because it is a living creature, And the way we go right now, it would be one of those things where someone's got to get home let the dog out. Okay, good. All right, let's get on with our life. And it's kind of like, my take is, that, especially a dog, now other pets are different. I I think if you have a living creature in your house, you got to make sure you got the time to play with it, take time with it, take it for a walk. You know, like, Mm -hmm. it it, it just can't, it's not like other pets, not judging. But so that's kind of the reason that we don't have a dog. Um, Then maybe that'll change in the future. But yeah, I've... Um, I liked having dogs growing up. I, I guess my, my, my favorite breed is what we ended with and it's the cock, uh, it's called a cockapoo mm-hmm. and it's a boodle cocker mix. And my gosh, those are just such friendly dogs and they love playing outside and playing inside and running around. And, and so I would say that that would be the dog if I got it again. And then the other one, and I can't pretend to be an expert on dog breeds, but I would love to get like anything that's like just a big leggy hound. Or something that mm. like you know, could go out like a, running.
2: Like a big old great dane or something?
1: Yeah, something like that, you know, that, that just you could go out running with and all that. But I don't know. The way dogs run and the way humans run, it's it's pretty different. So you know, that might just be a pipe dream, but that that might be go know, running with things.
3: to go running with you mean to ride. <laughs> <laughs> which which actually is kind of funny. There was um there was a time, there's a um kind of like a feed store up in one of the towns close to where we live here. Uh, Gray's Lake has this feed store where they've got like dog food and bird seed and all kinds of other stuff that you can buy there. And uh, we would go there on occasion to get some bird seed because we have a lot of bird feeders around our house. And I remember taking John there one time when he was a little guy. He was maybe four, maybe. And we go there and people bring their dogs in all the time. So there's, there's animals all over the place in this place. And we go there and we're picking up some bird seed. And all of a sudden somebody walks in with a great Dane. And I'm sure to a four-year-old, this thing looks, it looked massive to me. And I'm sure to a four-year-old, he's like, dad, somebody brought their horse in the store. And I said, nobody, that's a dog. No, it's not. No, it's not. (laughs) No, seriously, that, that, that is a dog. I promise you. We, you know what, we never had dogs growing up. Um, You know, my, my parents both had dogs growing up. I think my mom had a Cocker Spaniel when she was little. Um, My mom had a pet Turkey when she was little. I don't know how that worked, but um, they lived in Missouri. That probably (laughs) explains everything right there. Uh, My dad had a couple of different dogs, had a German Shepherd. That was always his favorite. Skipper was the German Shepherd. That was his favorite dog ever. Um, but we never had them growing up. We moved a lot, so it didn't make a whole lot of sense to have a dog because that wouldn't have been fair to the dog. And, uh, when I was little, I got chased by a pack of dogs in my neighborhood. And so I was terrified of dogs from a very young age up until almost age, like maybe 11 or 12. Um, I couldn't stand to be anywhere near a dog. And, um, Thankfully I've gotten past that, but the only dog growing up that I would ever go anywhere near was my grandparents had, I think it had been my uncle's dog and he maybe left it with them while he went to college or or, or medical school. And uh, it was a Collie and they kind of lived out uh, in between a whole bunch of farms. They didn't have a farm themselves, but a lot of kind of farmland around them and they had this Collie. Um, And I remember even when I was terrified of dogs, for some reason, that dog was exempt from my terror so i love that dog would hang out with that dog all the time if i was to get one today um i absolutely love beagles so i would totally get a beagle now i have been told by my lovely wife who's upstairs and is probably listening and may text me here any moment that beagles have a bit of a loud voice Mm mm-hmm in all of the books I've ever read, they do phrase it as harmonious. And so that's the argument I try to bring up every now and then is that they have harmonious voices. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: (gasps) But apparently that that doesn't work. So uh, she would like a Scotty dog. So we did find the other day that, we did find the other day that there is a breed where they mix them and they call them Skeagles. (laughs) which I don't know how I feel. I mean, I've seen a picture and they're really cute, but it also makes me think of Smeagol. Yes. (laughs) And I don't really want a dog that's like sitting in the corner looking at me and just like wringing its paws together going, my precious. John, Not,
2: there's a 20% chance any pet of yours is going to do that anyway.
3: Well, I know. You, know so. you
2: really think that just because of the breed, there's going to be a change here?
3: No, my luck is I, I'd get the one that would do that.
2: So, yeah. <laughs>
3: But the you I, serve, you're right. Well, probably. <laughs> um, but the reason we don't have anything other than fish is the same as you pat. It's just kind of like mm-hmm. the way life is, it wouldn't be fair to a dog, you know. We yeah. like to we like to just get up and go whenever we feel like getting up and going and if it's, you know, hey, it's a Saturday, we don't have anything going on. Let's go up to Wisconsin or or let's go do this right. and you know, it's kind of like when when that's what you enjoy doing and being able to, you know, have little day trips here and there to different places, it just it kind of seems like it'd be unfair to an animal. Uh, yeah. to do any of that. So that's kind of that's kind of why we yeah. don't have one right now. But um, yeah.
1: The first time, and it was funny because various members of both halves of our families were like, when are you guys getting a dog? When are you guys getting a dog? Are you guys getting a dog? Oh, they're great yeah. with kids. You need a dog. You, you know, like everybody just wants to tell you how much you need a dog. Right. And we were getting it from both halves of the family. And we had that first bout of, uh, you know, someone got the stomach flu. This was a couple of years ago and brought it home. And so then everyone had the stomach flu mm-hmm. and it always hits, you know, it, it's like, and and I'll tell you, this is the perfect line when things are kind of going downhill in the household. And I mean, it was like, and I hope Tammy doesn't mind me telling the story, but we were both doubled up. The kids were, I mean, it was just like sick calls had been had and it was mm-hmm. just like laying down, contemplating life, you know? Um, it was like the scene is like when you were in college going, dear God, if I survive this, I'll never drink again, you know, like that. <laughs> But but it wasn't. And I remember looking over at Tammy and we're both just sitting there in the bed and I said, let's get a puppy. And then we both start I'm laughing, which then upset everything again. And so like <laughs> the next. So just put that line in there the next time, whatever is going downhill, whether it's a baby or things at work or there's just go, I think we need a puppy. Let's get a puppy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's pretty classic.
3: All right, question three. What is the best pet you've ever had?
2: Well, for me, it's got to be my buddy, my Luke. Okay, He's uh, the first boy cat I've ever had. And it's so funny. He's a little like a dog. He plays fetch. He sits next to you on the couch. It's hysterical. So he's my best
3: yeah we had my my mother-in-law had two cats well, at at different times she had a total of three cats, but she had two simultaneously, and one was Murray. and Murray was very much like a dog.
1: Cool. would that be your answer there?
3: Uh, you know that that was never our pet. I mean, i there were several times that we helped kind of take care of it because you know she there were Different times where she struggled to kind of take care of it uh, in different ways, like clipping its nails and stuff like that, giving you medicine when it needed medicine and things like that. And, and then I was because n- nobody else was comfortable doing it when Murray had to be put to sleep. Uh, I went with him and I was with him when he was put to sleep. And I, I'll tell you, I've been around both humans and now animals being ending their lives. And I was not prepared <laughs> for it's what that tough, was. man. I was not prepared because I sat, I sat there with him and it was, you know, it's not even my pet, but I just, I was not prepared for what that was going to do to me. Um, so yeah, I, I might say that even though that wasn't technically our pet, the, the answer I wrote down was we had a goldfish that ended up living about 14 years. Wow. And so, yeah, we actually got him when we first moved here, we came to a carnival. Um, was it, it might've been Libertyville days, uh, that they do every summer. And that was when we first moved here. And as a prize uh, for some game that we played at the carnival, we got two goldfish. And so we got uh Greedo and I think the other one's name was George. And mm. we, yeah, Greedo, well, just because of Greedo from star Wars, but, um, and George, I want to say George lasted like eight years and really they, they just lived in this little like round goldfish bowl. Um, we didn't do anything special to them. We just, you know, they lived in the bowl and, They got fed every now and then, and they just swam in circles all the time. And uh, George lived about, I want to say like eight years, seven or eight years. I want to say Greedo got a total of about 13 or 14 years. Um, and they were just, they were carnival goldfish and they moved. We must've moved houses maybe three, three times, four times. Goldfish made the move every time. Um, when George died, uh, you know, Greedo had the bowl to himself. So he started getting a little bit bigger and, um, You know, so he just kind of, he was our family pet, you know, obviously you can't take him for walks and stuff like that. But whenever we'd come home, we'd kind of just, when everybody come home from college, we'd come home, we'd say hi to Greedo and he'd hang out with us in the kitchen and do all that. But yeah, so it either be, it would either be Murray, the cat, which is not technically our pet, but kind of, um, and, uh, or Greedo, the ancient goldfish. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: It's fitting that Greedo was your goldfish that lasted a while, right?
3: Well, I know. Well, ironic, too.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Lasted a whole lot longer than the actual Greedo. Right. Our Greedo never would have shot first. Right. (laughs) So, Jeff, knowing your current situation, you're totally free not to answer this question if you don't want to.
0: Yeah. I mean... Of course, it would have to, it would have to be my cats. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they they're the, the greatest, cuddliest, sweetest little fur balls. Um, just so, just so everyone knows what's going on. Um, the transition with, um, with having a baby in the house just hasn't been going well and this weekend we made the decision to find somewhere else for our cats to live because it's just it's the it's it's putting a lot of a lot of stress in and, and tension in our household for everybody and and I'm not saying that just from the from the human side of it i know that the cats are incredibly stressed out as well and you know they're starting to get defensive around the baby they're 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 getting territorial so they're starting to um mark their territory around the house so I've, i'm spending a lot of time just moving furniture and find trying to figure out where it was that they just peed so i could get it before it stains and uh so it sucks because you know you've taken a pet and you want to say it's going to be forever and uh you know just to to reach a point where you have to say goodbye to to these animals that you love is is really tough
1: i'm sorry and
0: uh so it's it's been a rough rough couple of days as as we've come to that uh that realization that that's just how it's got to be so that not only we get peace of mind but the cats can end up somewhere that they're going to get the attention and love and nurturing that they need that they're just not able to get in in our home right now now depending on where they end up you know it might be in a couple years you know you know if we're done having kids maybe we bring them back once our kids are old enough to understand how to interact with them and not stress them out, but, you know, nurture them and pet them and play with them. and But, so that's my answer. It's, it's, it's my wonderful, incredible, cuddly little cats that, um, unfortunate timing wise that, uh, that this was the question that came up for this movie this, this week, but, um, you know, it is what it is.
1: Yeah. Sorry about that, man. Hang in there. All right. Stay the course there with that, buddy.
0: Yeah, we're trying, you know, it's, you know, we just keep telling ourselves it's, it, it's what's best for all parties involved, you know? And, and again, you know, I I talked to some other people and, you know, telling me how selfish I was and, how you know, it's not fair to do that to the cats, but really, you know, I think it's, it's best for all of us, including them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, you know, Right now we you know I, I have to keep them locked in a room on a different floor of the house. And you know, that's not what I want for them.
1: No. That
0: that that's I, not that's not what they need. You know what how you know, how can I continue to be a pet owner if my if the definition of owning a pet is keeping your animals locked up and you don't get to interact with them?
1: No, and it's you the know? stress of having to clean up that, that whole thing. Man, look, I don't want to get you into hot water. I don't know who was telling you what if family or in-laws or what the heck, but it sounds like they just need to put out and mind their own business. They're calling you names when it's an emotion. Yeah, that, I don't know. I Whoever the heck told you that, I I just flat out disagree with that. You know, the truth. I, I think you're, yeah. I'm sorry that you're having to deal with that, man. That That is not easy. And to make that, have to make the right decision when it's the hard one you know that's that's, yeah. rough. that's rough. I'm really sorry to hear that, Jeff.
0: I appreciate that.
2: Have you had any luck finding a a new home?
0: Um maybe.
2: Oh, well that's good. Um
0: we're we're hoping that uh, one of Katie's relatives who lives nearby is going to be able oh, to take right home, on uh, Yeah. Uh at, at least for a little bit while we um sure. you know if we still need to look at something more permanent, but if we can just get them out of our house so they can get somewhere where they can get comfortable and and get attention, yeah, that'd be the first step in the right direction for them. And then, you know, like I said, you never know in a Mm -hmm. few years, maybe we reintroduce them back into our house. I don't know. I have no idea how all that's going to play out, but, uh, yeah. So the hopes is hope is we're, we're waiting to hear, um, whether or not that's that's going to work out
2: well good luck with that that's that's a tough decision and and it's it's hard all around and that's we have a family friend who's it's not with a child it's actually with the two cats don't get along and they're having real trouble rehoming the one which is too bad because he's a cool cat Mm
3: mm-hmm Pat, do you have a uh, you have a, a memorable pet, best pet you've had?
1: Well, I think our the best pet I had was our the final the final family dog while I was still living there uh, mm-hmm. was was a cockapoo. Yeah, his name was Rascal. <laughs> uh we named, we named him Rascal because of the Ball turret Gunner and the Memphis Bell. I was <laughs> big into that. I was <laughs> big into that. Movie. Yeah, typical, right? I was big into that movie, and um, uh, we got the dog, and and. Um, uh his his predecessor actually you know i don't want this to become the bleeding heart podcast here but uh uh predecessor uh was buttons another cockapoo and he took off ran out of the house and uh he uh he got clipped by uh by a truck Mm -hmm. and uh, that was that was (laughs) that was dark days let me tell you you know and you guys all understand that and and so you know we kind of regrouped there as a family and uh you know it was it was, well, it was just shattering, you know. And I was in eighth grade and my siblings were younger and all that. We regrouped and we said, you know what, we do want a dog. And we went out and picked out Rascal and we were kind of looking around and he was sitting in a cage. Well, in a cage, you know, we, we were at the, I don't know what the heck you call it, the, the pound, the dog shop, the, you know, wherever it is, you go your pet store or whatever it was. Anyways, there were all these dogs and they were all sitting there and, you know, with the big eyes that, you know, just kind of basically if they could have the, Norman Rockwell thing with the sign hanging off, please take me home, you know, all the dogs would have that. And uh, we get to Rascal, who, and all of a sudden, he looked at us, and his eyes just like opened up wide. And he started like Tasmanian deviling it around his cage, just <laughs> running in circles tearing things up, freaking out going crazy. And it was like, that's our dog. That's what we need. And he he, he was a rascal. I mean, he was just a ton of fun. Um, he man you talk about an animal that could pick up on your emotions it was like um there were times that I don't know something happened my cousin came over to dog sit and she was watching a sad movie and she starts crying and he jumps up and starts licking at the tears and he comes and he'll cuddle with you and if the family's laughing and joking he'd want to come in the house and see what was happening um there were a couple of times that he lifted his leg on the wrong thing in the house and boy he knew he was in trouble, and boy, he would go slinking out of the room like nobody's business. Um, he would nose his way into the bathroom. Somehow he could knock the door off the the latch so he could get into the bathroom, and if you're sitting on the can, he'd come walking in, and he'd fix you with this look. That I mean, you talk about, I, I, I'm saying this now, and it sounds like it's right out of a movie, and before you know it, he'd run up, grab the toilet paper, and run out of the room, <laughs> like, unwrap the entire spool of toilet paper, and it was, it was just like, And then he'd run around the house, and he'd do this, like, and he'd just run around the house. And, like, I I don't know why. Like, I'm just saying this stuff, and it sounds like it's out of a movie. Anyways, he was a very fun dog, and he lived to be, uh, man, I want to say he lived to be about 15 or 16 years old. Wow. Yeah, he was really, I mean, you figure I got him when we were in, we got him when I was in eighth grade, and I was all the way up to working at Hawthorne by the time he passed. So I mean that was that was that was a big chunk of of life that he uh, that that he witnessed. I mean you know all the way up through marriage and jobs and and all that. And so he was a he was a pretty awesome pet and, and uh, yeah I miss him. He was a he was a fun dog and a in a, a great addition to the family. So that would be that would be my memory.
3: Nice nice. All right number four. What is your favorite dog in a movie or TV show? Yeah. And I, I had a tough time with this one cause I made a little list and then I had trouble narrowing it down.
2: So I have always loved, um, Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Hmm. And unfortunately I want to pick both dogs from that movie, but, uh, yeah, the, I'm trying to remember the names of the dogs. Now I can picture the voices of the characters, but that doesn't really help. Hmm. So I'm looking them up right now. Chance and Shadow are the two (laughs) dogs. Yeah, Yeah, that's good stuff.
1: You know what? I'm just maybe I'll just be that guy and say Brian from Family Guy. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All the other dogs are just in movies and stuff. I mean, I, I can't. How can you like, you know? The dog in Mad Max, or the dog in Lethal Weapon 2, or in Lethal Weapon 3, or, you know, I mean, they're all just such great, uh, yeah, I don't know, Benji, you remember those movies? Yeah, movie? yeah,
3: sure. that, that's mine.
1: <laughs> okay, all right, well then I, I, I'll i see that, I'll cede I'll my time to you, but yeah, I, I, I don't know, they're just, they're all so phenomenal, um, you know, when they bring those pets in, so I'll just say Brian.
3: You uh, writing your novel, Brian? You um, uh, working on some uh, some little uh, creative writing there? You um, working on you still working on a novel? It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine. I I made a list of dogs, and when I went through my list, I think Benji is probably going to be my favorite. Uh, the tv or movie dogs um just we watched those movies so much growing up as kids um you know that was another one that we we must have recorded all of those whenever they were on tv um so we had uh, gosh we must have had nearly every benji movie that existed um including the i think benji was in a wasn't he in a movie with uh chevy chase called that uh, like oh heavenly dog or something like that
0: i have no idea
3: Feel like he was, yeah. So I, I'd go with Benji. I mean, I, my my short list. I had five that I listed. Uh, one was Ambrosius from Labyrinth.
2: Mm. Uh,
3: Benji, the Shaggy Dog, like the original old black and white Shaggy. Yeah,
2: the dog. Shaggy Dog stuff that was on I my had, list. Uh, oh,
3: my was it on yours? Yeah, I had uh, Fred the Hound from Smokey and the Bandit.
1: Oh, good one.
3: And I had uh, Porthos from Enterprise, just because he's a beagle.
1: Mm. Yeah, Porthos is
3: but i also love that's one of the things one of my favorite lines from the 2009 star trek movie
1: mm-hmm. is course, when they yeah, talk about admiral
2: me, archer's beagle
3: admiral archer's beagle you know that's why i'm on this outpost cuz i tried to beam admiral archer's beagle and well you know how it turned out cuz i'm here
2: mm-hmm.
3: yeah so that was my short list of 5 and from those when i narrowed everything down i really cuz growing up we used to watch the shaggy dog a lot that the oh. old the original it was
2: on it. all the time
3: was all the time yeah so i don't know if we had a copy or if we just watched it every time it came on tv but i think we, it was one of those that got
2: replayed on the wonderful world of disney a lot mm-hmm. or something because yeah. i you're right it was on all the time
0: yeah this this question was a lot harder than i thought it would be okay i think like the rest of you's you know that have a list I'd put together a list and try to narrow it down. I remember watching the old reruns of Lassie when I was a kid, so of mm-hmm. course Lassie's got to be on the list. Benji, working my way towards my number one though, I think I'd have to put Copper from Fox and the Hound on there.
2: There you oh, go. It's
3: a good one.
0: And I'm kind of so my number one pick. I'm kind kind of kind of cheats a little. There is a dog named Moose. And this dog has been on both TV and in movies. So it's the dog from my dog, Skip, mm. who's also also played Eddie on Frasier. Nice. Oh, okay. So I think that's my number one.
1: Eddie was an awesome dog. My, my number one dog. You know what? And that just jogged. OK, I'm going to bounce back. <laughs> Flash from Dukes of Hazard. There yeah. you go. I don't know how I forgot that. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, there, there's my number one right there. I love flash.
0: John, what about crypto? Well, and it,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, and once I get going with the list, I just, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. I just had to narrow it down. I got to, but crypto is definitely on there.
0: I also like the dogs and lady and the tramp.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? When you say crypto, I'm actually going to go to one image that I have of, um, of crypto and I think it was the series um, was it all-star Superman they did a 12 issue series called all-star Superman and it was kind of like I, I feel like the story was that um, Superman finds out that he's dying you know going through and doing all these days you don't find out till later but he's going through and doing all these different things and one of the covers of um, of that series is him. And I forget where he's sitting. I don't know if they're sitting on a cloud or if he's sitting in the Arctic or where it is, but it's just, he's like sitting there and he's got his dog sitting next to him. And it's, and I think maybe he's got his hand on the dog's head or, or on the dog's back or something like that. It's just a real cute image, just a real sweet image of Superman and his dog. And so, yeah. So, I mean, if, if crypto is on my list, I, I immediately think of um, that image from the cover of that comic.
0: I need to look this up because I think I know what you're talking about.
3: Mm-hmm. I have, if I, if I wanted to rip the headphones off my head, I'm like 20 feet away from all of my thousands of comic books that are right here. But
0: you said it was get... a cover for all-star Superman.
3: I think so. No, oh, maybe I'm thinking of something different.
0: Yeah. I'm not right. seeing it on all-star.
3: Well, so here's the one. Okay. So the all-star Superman cover that I'm thinking of, and maybe, you know what? Maybe it's Superman. Cause I think it was, might've been the same cover artist. There was a series also called uh, "Superman for All Seasons." For all seasons, yeah, and it maybe it was one of those covers, but that's what I immediately think of. There's some image of Superman just like sitting with Crypto, and it's from one of those from one of those comics, but I'm not sure. But there is one of the other like really almost kind of sad images. Um, but very sweet images is one of the all-star Superman covers. Okay. I just found it. Um, number six is you've got Superman standing in front of his dad's grave in, in front of Jonathan Kent's grave. And crypto is just sitting there right next to him. Just looking up at him. Just like, you know, as animals do, it's like, I know you're sad. I'm just going to be here with you
0: for all-star.
3: Yeah. Yeah. All-star Superman. Number six. That's one of the covers for it. I oh, see the all-star Superman. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. That's not the cover. I thought it was for all-star Superman. Number one, It's got Superman sitting on a cloud. I was totally convinced that crypto was in that on that picture. So I must.
0: Yeah, because that's what I was envisioning. I was picturing number one. Yeah. And I couldn't remember seeing crypto on there.
3: And I yeah, I was totally convinced that crypto was on that cover, but I guess not. But there's been a few other comics where it's just because sometimes I think they they don't know how to use crypto in the comics.
0: Well, yeah.
3: So, but there have been times where just when you see a moment of him you know, the two of them just, just having fun. Like somebody like a normal human, the way they'd play with their dog. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they do images like that. Oh, no, no, no. Here it is. It's, um, Oh, it's from inside one of the issues of all-star Superman. And it's a picture of Superman and crypto sitting on the moon in a, at the edge of a crater and looking at the earth. That's what I was thinking of. I don't know what number it's from, but it's from all-star Superman. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: Holy crap. That's yeah. That's it.
3: Yeah. But yeah, no, Crypto's Crypto's a good boy too.
0: I would love to get a, get that image blown up and framed. Mhm. What a beautiful shot. Yeah. My goodness.
3: All right. Uh, did we all give our favorite dogs? I think we did. Yeah, I
0: think
3: yeah. so. Okay. All right. So, uh, question number 5 it has a word dog in it, but obviously it has nothing to do with this movie or anything else. Uh, number 5, where is the best place to get a hot dog in the Chicago land area? And I'm going to I'm going to go first because I will admit that I've lived in the Chicago area for Hmm. Well on over 20 years now. Are
1: you going to say I, just go to Comiskey Park and wear a Cubs hat? Is that... Is that-
3: no, that's not what I'm going to say. I would oh, never say on. that ever again. And I don't know that I'll go there ever again. But um, unless maybe the Cubs are playing them. Uh, no, I, I am kind of embarrassed to say that I know that there are all these amazing places to go get a hot dog in the city of Chicago. And I have not been to a single one of them. So my answer is limited to the places that I tend to go to most. And that would either be Portillo's, because they do have a decent hot dog, um, or there's a place that we went for John's birthday one year. We were going to go to the planetarium in the city, and we stopped partway through, I think it's in Skokie. There's a place called Poochie's. Mm-hmm. And they have uh, they have pretty good hot dogs. They've got the the neon green relish as you should have the correct um, way, yeah, the correct way. And uh, yeah, they have they have a halfway decent hot dog. So I I do like their hot dogs there. And I've been there actually once before when I was visiting a school in Skokie for something else. Um, I stopped off there. I'm like well, I'm going to go get a hot dog at, at Poochie's because I remember that. So I I will say that's my only answer I've got only because I have not been to a lot of the other more famous hot dog spots in the city. So I'm hoping one of you has and you have a good place that you can recommend.
0: Well, all right. <laughs> Gee, imagine that. Hot dog places. Fat guy knows. So <laughs> all right there with your I, brother. I figure I figure I'm in good company here. I so. can't
2: wait to see which ones you come up with, because I bet we got them covered. <laughs> but
0: I've got a couple. As do I. Um I think I mean I think we call, we can all be in agreement. Portillos is good. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're good. Um, but outside of Portillos. Number three would be Fratello's. Ah,
2: uh, very good. Up this number, way.
0: Number two would be Parkies in Forest Park on Harlem Avenue.
2: Ah, uh, yes, down by my sister-in-law. Quite good.
0: And number one would have to be Gene and Jude's. Gene and Jude's
2: done. There you very go. Very
0: good. That's can't that.
2: forget. Uh, can't forget Superdog. Even the one in Wheeling, I think, is, yeah. is is on par with the with the downtown one.
0: Yeah, Superdog's okay.
2: I can't even call it downtown North Side. And then my person, like <laughs> I'm not sure it's the best one, but my my special place in my heart hot dog is Mustard's Last Stand in Evanston, right there next to the stadium at Northwestern.
0: I've never been there.
2: Oh, so good!
3: I, so I saw good. that one. I I found a website that listed the uh, those like the 24 best places to get a hot dog in Chicago, and that was one of them.
2: Mustard's is fantastic. Okay, there's another good one in Evanston, not too far away, more downtown Evanston called Edzo's. Mm -hmm. They're more known for their fry menu, and I say fry menu because it is a whole menu of different ways to have French fries, which is fan-freaking-tastic. Let me just just set that up. Okay. We've we've lost that now. (laughs) Mustards has a special place in my heart and always will.
3: So, yeah, Mustards, on this website I found, uh, Mustards, out of the 24 hot dog places ranked in the city of Chicago or the Chicago area, uh, Mustards is number 14 on their list. Right
2: on. Go mustards.
0: What what do they have in the in their top three?
3: Their top three. Let me scroll down King here. June and
2: Judes has to be top five on that list.
3: Um, okay, so number uh, so we'll do top five. Uh Wiener's Circle. Ah, yep,
0: yep,
3: yep, yep, yep. Number yep, five. Yep. Solid. Uh Mur- Murphy's Red Hots is number four.
2: I have not had that.
3: Uh says so uh Belmont Avenue in Lakeview. Hmm. Uh number three is Fatso's Last Stand hmm. in Ukrainian village. Uh number two is Fat Johnny's. And number one is Gene and Jude's.
2: Yeah, the only I've only been to two of those top five.
3: Okay, okay. So it it sounds like what's going to happen here is, like over the summer or some other time, yeah. we need a thirty something podcast field trip to hit up all these places.
2: Yes, all yeah, right. But you can't really do them all in one day. We'll be dead.
3: <laughs> uh, challenge accepted. All right. I don't know if you intended that as a challenge, but I'm out. <laughs> challenge accepted. Because by then the Biggest Loser competition at work will be over and. Fair enough. We can move on to the it'll biggest winner.
0: It'd be time to gain back everything you lost.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. We'll be emphasizing the biggest and not the loser. All right, uh, Pat. Did you did you weigh in? Did you have any any spots?
1: You know what? I don't think I can add anything to that because Gene and Jude's is like the number one place, and my in laws okay. always talked about it. And they took Tammy's. Like, oh yeah, we would go there as kids because my my in laws, I think, went to Lane or my father in law went to Lane Tech, and my my mother. Mm a uh, school right down near there. Maybe they both went. Lane. I'm not 100% sure. Anyways, they both talked about Gene and Jude. And that was something they always talked about. And then it was it was later on, we finally went there. And, and you know, it's just the way they've always done it. And, you know, like, you know, the fries are just like a chop of potato right into the fry and, you know, and wrap the hot dog up in it. And they don't serve any ketchup in the McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Like the, the parking lot will sell you ketchup packets because everyone would go over there and ask them. You know, um, so I'd have to say Gene and Jude's is the top. The rest, I just don't know, you know, all the ins and outs of the hot dog places. But I'll yeah. tell you, there's a book that maybe is common reading. But have you ever heard, heard the book, Never Put Ketchup on a Hot Dog? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I've heard, yeah.
1: Which is a great book because, uh, you know, our friend Roach, um, she like, she'll she'll come at you like eyes blazing and fists coming. If she sees you put ketchup on a hot dog. And, oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. 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 That's like sacrilege. And my father-in-law feels the same way. And so the two of them, we had a party at the house, you know, for the kids and stuff, and they were both there and they ganged up on me and Roach actually got me the book, never put ketchup on a hot dog. And it's a fun book because you go through and there's stuff that they got hot dog places, you know, South side, West side, North side, suburbs, the whole thing. And so that's a, that's a fun read. And so there's a lot of places around, but I I'd say Gene and Jude's, I'll tell you something else. If you want hot dogs that you don't go out, to buy but if you want to bring them back to the house mm. we discovered costco costco has they are quarter pound hot dogs
2: they are beefy
1: oh have mm. you seen those things yes
0: yes you get you get a hot dog and a drink for a buck 50. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah but i mean you can buy like a frozen package of them and bring mm-hmm. them and and it's like these things are ginormous and everybody like even the hardcore hot dog eaters are just like where did you find these cost so the next time you're throwing up and they're good but so the next
2: yeah, I can't was, remember who they use uh, for the longest time. Sam's Club was Nathan's hot dogs and they were fantastic.
1: Yeah. So, anyways, the next time you're having a barbecue and you can get to Costco or and maybe they, they carry a version of it at all the all the the the, the you know those type of stores. But uh, you know, I would say check those out because those are like and people are just shocked because they're just like, where do you like what the heck? And you need you need like two hot dog buns to like make it happen. I mean, it's just nice. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's
0: the best part of going to Costco.
3: There you go. Uh-huh. Buck, yeah. fi-
0: buck 50 on the way out.
3: There you go. Yeah, I made this uh, on Saturday, had to go in for something. That's not the day to go to Costco at all. No, no.
2: Never, never no.
3: Anybody's life anywhere. Um, so I, that's going to do it for our five questions, and that's going to do it for Turner and Hooch. So um, thank you for joining us very, very quickly our next several episodes. Now, uh, one of these may be thrown in there in a slightly different order. I don't know when we're going to get around to recording it, but um, our next few episodes, I know Captain Marvel uh, coming out this weekend. Mm -hmm. So depending on when I'm able to go see it, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what we can get that one out. And and if you guys have a chance to see it too, Um, if you guys don't have a chance to see it, I I am going to try to take at least Nora to go see it with me. So, Um, if you guys don't get a chance to see it, maybe Nora and I will just do a quick episode on it. But um, we'll do Captain Marvel sometime in the month of March. We'll we'll throw that episode in there. Otherwise, our next one's coming up will be Glory and The War of the Roses. And then if you really want to get ahead to our April movies, we've got My Left Foot, UHF, Dead Poet Society, and Driving Miss Daisy. So that's all the stuff we've got coming out over the course of the next couple months. Um, And then I think we've started to kind of nail down our May movies, which is going to be movies that we may have missed in the course of doing the show. If there's anything, any movie that we haven't covered that we feel like we really got to talk about that before we get out of the 80s, um, we're kind of using the month of May to do that. So I think we've mostly kind of nailed down, or or some of us have nailed down our selections for, for what that will be. And that could be any movie from 1980 to 1989 that we haven't talked about on the show yet. So john stopped so we'll, by my
0: classroom and i showed him the list of movies i was working with and he yeah uh, he, he he saw my struggle
3: mm-hmm. I, I i also had this struggle too your list probably was mostly the same as my list too yeah struggle is so real. we were able to struggle together is real so, so as soon as we have those nailed down, we will share those out. And, and if, if you, um, that are listening, if you have any movies that we have not covered yet, and you've got some suggestions you'd like to send in, please feel free and do that. You can do that through our website, uh, do it through Twitter. We've got a voicemail line that you can call in, uh, number is on Colvin. Website. We're talking to you. Right. Well, yes, we have we have several listeners that interact with us regularly. So, if you've got any movies that we've missed so far, um, because I did catch up with a few that he had suggested before, um, I did catch up with like Stakeout and Midnight Run and and some of those other movies. So, and they were very good. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, feel free to feel free to send us some. Uh, I, I was told to skip the sequel, though.
2: Oh, see, I think the sequel's fun. It's a oh, okay. totally different style of movie though. You can't go in expecting the same thing. Okay. They added Rosie O'Donnell for crying out loud. It's not the same movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I think they did a fun job with it. But it's definitely taking the taking the movie that did well and then making a family friendly sequel. Oh, okay. But I thought it but I've always thought it was really funny.
3: Okay. Okay and actually the funny thing is when when uh jason the listener had uh messaged me about it asked if i had watched it yet i said yes i said i haven't had a chance to watch sequel yet and he said uh he said and the he he made some comment about it and then he then he texted back and said and the sequel sucked Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and i was like you know what actually if i was crazy and wanted to start a totally different podcast i think that's what i might name it
2: oh And, and and it'd be a
3: it'd be a podcast just where you go through and watch sequels that did not turn out as well as the original.
2: That would actually be a really cool premise. It'd think be sort of, be a, kind of fun, but, a twist on how did this get made with a, with a, right. yeah, that would be
3: good. Yeah. Who, who was drunk enough to green light this thing?
2: Right. Who was, no, now, you know what it is. Who was doing their best Scrooge McDuck and swimming through the money and wanted more
3: well, that, that too.
2: Let's be honest at least 80% of the world sequels get made because the first one made money and they said,
3: mm-hmm.
2: how can we make more?
3: Right. Or Rosie O'Donnell wants to be in a movie.
2: Well, there's that too. Yeah. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, that's going to do it for this time on the 30 something movie podcast. So thank you gentlemen for being here.
2: Thank you, John.
0: Thanks, John.
3: And we will see you all next time. Uh, again, check out those movies that we listed before. If you want to watch them ahead of time before we uh, have the show, but, um, Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you back here next time for either Glory, War of the Roses, Captain Marvel, um, depending on what, what order we end up doing those in. But be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we'll see you back here next time.
2: No dogs allowed on the second floor at all. No playing of my records. No sniffing of
0: crotches. No drinking out of the toilet. You will not beg for food. No ball playing in the house. No chewing or slobbering of my shoes. You will not
3: hide from me.
2: Mm. This is not your room.